Alright, we're back again. I held true to doing this on Monday, even though my voice has been a little bit shot, so if I sound a little funny, it's just because I'm a little sick. But uh, what I wanted to talk about today was um, facing challenges, basically. So, not just, you know, personal challenges, professional challenges, anything, but the ideal that challenges allow us to become who we are. So, there's a concept that I've run into recently where basically when you encounter a new situation, your body begins to read more of your DNA and encode new proteins, which I thought was really fascinating. So I started to apply to try to implement that to systems of thought that I already had. And so I started with the path to growth. So for me, you know, you have it's very this part is at least a very Jordan Peterson inspired idea like I mean other writers Jung and you know everyone in Eastern mythology has or mysticism not mythology sorry has kind of influenced that but you know it's the idea of order and chaos light and dark because you know I like order and chaos just because it seems more concrete so it's easier for my me to like wrap my head around but the ideal that no matter how orderly there is, there will always be chaos. No matter how chaotic it is, there will always be a little bit of order. But that in life, all you can survive some of both, but not all of either. And so knowing that you have to put one foot in order and one foot on chaos, where you're right on the bound of what you can do and what you cannot to push yourself to grow. And so the line where the light and dark meet and the yin-yang symbol is, you know, your your path to growth. And so I started thinking about that and I was like, okay, so when we start out, you know, we have a little baby symbol where it's real tiny and, you know, our steps are real small. And even though that line is still there, it's a, it's a lot easier to go ahead and meet right there at the middle and walk that path and then push that further out. And then I was thinking, okay, so if we extrapolate that, when you go ahead and start to push yourself, it would be as though you're pushing the bounds of that yin-yang symbol, right? And by doing that, you're pushing how much of your proteins you are encoding, and thus unlocking more of yourself and becoming what Plato would consider the idyllic you, which for those of you who don't know, Plato's theory of the forms it's basically that the reason we can create abstract ideals about things, such as looking at two trees and knowing they're both trees, even though they look different, is that there is a perfect form of tree in a different realm from which, basically, he believed that we came from that realm, like our souls did, and then in, entered the physical bodies that we exist in, and that we go back to that at the end. And so it is, as I've kind of put those things together, and I've you know, mix that with my faith as far as, you know, I'm, I am a Christian, so I'm going to interpret a lot of things through a Christian lens, even though, <laughs> you know, a lot, of, I would say I have a lot of views on Christianity that are not mainstream, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, I guess it's up to interpretation, I'm not too worried about it though, because I'm pretty sure when we get there, we're all going to figure out we were wrong about something, but for me, it's just the, uh, the ideal that um, in heaven, you know, in Revelations it talks about when, when you get to the end of times, the people who are with God 
are given a name that only they can understand. And so to me, that would be their form, right? The name of their form, the form of you, whoever you are. Because the only person who can understand it outside of God who understands all things is the person who is of that form. And so by going in and pushing yourself and challenging yourself, you unlock more of you and become closer and closer to that idyllic form. And then I was like, okay. So if we look at you know literature and things, what are the biggest challenges that we always see? And what do we revere the most in human culture? And you know, there's ideals such as fighting for something bigger than you, right? That's a challenge where you have to fight past your primitive, like selfish needs and put something else before you. And then it's like, okay, giving away what you have to help others. So taking from you and giving that to others to make their lives better by making your life not necessarily like worse in the the grander sense of the word, but you know, reducing the amount of resources you have would be worse, strictly speaking. And it's like, okay, so that's another ideal that when you do that, your body's going to push and you're going to become more of who you could be. And, and I was like, okay, so we talk about know people who die in wars for you right those are you know every culture reveres its warriors because they protect that way of life you know they're willing to go out and die for things that aren't even them things that sometimes aren't even tangible that are just ideals and having that sort of belief and willingness to commit to what you believe in is something that is highly revered so it must be something that is highly challenging and then following along that you know, you get to the point that <clears throat> the greatest challenge that I can find as far as literature or, you know, anything else is going in and giving up your life. Now, of course, in the Christian doctrine, you know, Christ goes in, is tortured, gives up his life, and in doing so is risen to a point beyond what man can achieve, right? Excuse me. And so in my opinion what it is or at least what it has become to me is the ideal that when you push yourself to that extent you can unlock fully who you are and this leads back to the ideal of um, God being in control but us having free will <clears throat> so obviously like that's oxymoronic to a lot of people it doesn't make sense but in my opinion, what God wants and to be considered, you know, a son of God as it is considered in the New Testament is for us to be able to go forth, give up our will to the point that we fully unlock who we are. And then once we do that, we will, I mean, you'll be necessarily a different person, right? It's like learning to ride a bike. You know, when you look back on it, you can remember falling off the bike and being able to ride it. Not really all the little stuff in between because those little 1% improvements weren't that big of a deal at the time. But at the end, it's such a drastic change that who you are and who you used to be are almost irrecognizable as the same thing. Not because, you know, it's a bad thing that you changed, but because it's a great thing that you grew. And I think that's another thing that scares a lot of people 
is the ideal that change isn't necessarily bad, that growth is important, and that if you aren't doing that, if you're just being stagnant in your life, you're not living up to your fullest potential. And that's a very easy thing to do. It's a lot easier than to go out and push yourself and challenge yourself in everything that you do. But those are things that we have to be able to comprehend before we can even really start to do them. And what I found really interesting is <clears throat> taking a lot of these ideals and applying them back to like the way that my family and like their families have taught because you know I come from Eastern Kentucky so I mean two generations ago we were full-blooded Cherokee like there's a there's a lot of like really old roots there that I still get a lot of stories from and the ideals that permeate those things are so mind-boggling similar to the things that it has taken me you know, deep deep consideration to get to and I think that points to the ideal that a collective subconscious that has built over thousands of years through human culture is a much stronger and greater asset than we can ever realize because humanity has gone through so many challenges collectively that the individual cannot fathom and while our lives are a microcosm of the greater sense of humanity, the ideal that we would not take lessons from that is, well, it's stupid. I'm going to go ahead and just stop talking like I'm a genius here. You know, it's just stupid. Like, that's why you have so many cultures that talk about respecting their elders, yada, yada, yada. And then you always have teenagers who don't do it because they think that they know everything because it's hard to understand understanding life more than you do a lot of times. Unless you're just so broken and chaotic and so lost in it with so little order that nothing makes sense, then it would make sense that someone else maybe makes some sense out of this. Going for a record on how many times I can say sense in a sentence. But basically I believe that a lot of our growth and the challenges we face can be expedited by listening to people who went ahead and had those challenges right it's like you know that a stovetop is hot a two-year-old does not so when the two-year-old's like I'm gonna put my hand on this and you tell them no and then you know like no I'm definitely gonna put my hand on this it'll be okay and you're like that's gonna end bad the third, fourth, fifth time, you say, okay, you know, go ahead and do it. And then they burn their hand, and you go, okay, what did you learn? Right? <clears throat> I think that a lot of times we think we're too grown up to have those kinds of experiences with anyone. That once we've reached quote-unquote adulthood that, you know, well, I don't need to learn things from anyone else. But the fact of the matter is, every single person you ever meet is going to have experiences that you don't. And the idea that you wouldn't learn how they conquered them is stupid. Because everyone is going through a cataclysmic world-ending event almost all the time. And there is nothing that you can do except learn from them. And if somebody is willing to teach you about the way that they got through it, then it's going to make it a lot easier for when you do. 
And when you do go through it, you want to be willing to teach someone else how to avoid those problems. So I think that what we should be doing in life is always looking for something that makes us uncomfortable and challenges us to grow so that we can come closer and closer to the form of what we can be. Because at the end of the day, you know, the collection of DNA that creates you is unique, right? There's literally no one else. There is nothing else in this universe that is the same as you. So why would you not want to use that to its fullest? But I'm going to go ahead and cut it off here. It's going to be a shorter one today just because my throat is a little janky and, you know, all that stuff. So I hope you all enjoyed. Um, I'll be back next Monday, hopefully with a full voice. So see you all then.